All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is finally happening. I want to apologize for how long it took to get everything up and running. Uh, with this epidemic and everything, we've had to readjust our whole lives, and so it's really messed up our, our original plans. But um, by God's grace, we are up and running, and everything is, for the most part, back on track. So a little bit of an update. Uh, I had the privilege of sitting down with some amazing people recently, one of which was uh, former Miss Lancaster County, Annie Mowry. We got to talk about some awesome, awesome topics like uh, the relevance of history in today's culture and how we need to set up and protect our past. I also had the honor of sitting down with, and talking with Pastor John Horgan, where we talked about all kinds of burning topics like religion, politics, culture, entertainment, and many other things. So be sure to subscribe so you will be able to get in on all the glory. Okay, so I thought I would use this first episode as a way to explain what the outlook is going to look like, pun intended. Um, but uh, in order to do this, I need to give a little bit of a background on myself. So, like I said, my name is Ivan uh, Yurovich Karpitsky. I am a 16-year-old second-generation immigrant from Russia. I am a fairly normal teenager. Uh, I enjoy basketball, spending time with friends. Uh, I love acting. I have the occasional girl problems. I am also a bit of a nerd. I guess I love books, the library, politics, philosophy, etc. Timo, you giving me looks over there? <laughs> um, but I'm also someone who observes the world around me. And as I continue to learn and grow, I have begun to really notice things. Uh, notice things, and I have been devastated to see how we, as a society, have become complacent with our personal opinions. We refuse to stretch ourselves to broaden our horizons. You know, we we base our beliefs around a few TED talks uh, and you know a couple of books, um, and we we're, we refuse to listen to others' opinions without losing it. It's it's something that is horrible, and I'm sure you've had this where you try to talk with someone. And you just can't get anything across because they are so set in their ways. Um, and so that this is something that I would like us to tackle. You know, I want us to get our minds out of the gutter and try to decipher why certain things anger us. We need to learn to disagree and still have somewhat of a rational conversation. I'm also kind of embarrassed to see how my generation seems to not even want to try to care about what happens around them. Okay, like the family, the country... And education, you know, all these things that are so fundamental um, to our nation. What has made one of the main things that has made our nation what it is today. Um, all these amazing uh, foundations are being tossed out the window. Um, but, you know, that being said, it also seems that the adults have lost their faith or never even had in the youth of America. Um, it is horrible to see how some... On the older generation does not seem to see the purpose of investing in the future of America. They think that the younger age, uh, the, the younger generations are a lost cause, or they think that they're just kids and are not capable of being a part of bettering our society. Um, but you know, to those people, I say you better start caring uh, or paying attention because you are dealing with the future of America. Um, so it, you know, there there is this sort of weird gap in our society today between the older generation and the younger generation. Um, and, that's, and this is something I want to breach, um, you know, uh, with, with the right amount of respect and knowing my place. But, um, you know, and so this is, this, these are the two goals. So the two goals of the outlook is to, uh, Vina's outlook is to restore the faith in the next generation of Americans, 
to show that the younger generation does, at least some of the younger generation like me, does care about our society and what happens to it. Um, and the second thing is to encourage people to think outside the box and to force us to want to care about what happens around us. Okay, we're human beings, you know, we, we're, we're part of the society and we need to be a part of it. We can't just be leeches who take all the good parts and do nothing to contribute to it. At this time, I do feel the need to clarify that I don't know everything. I am, a, I am imperfect and will make mistakes, but Lord willing, through this, you as a reader will learn with me what it means to be a human being who cares enough to um, to care about what happen uh, to care about what happens around them and to grow as a as a person. Okay, so in a bit we're gonna get to the amazing questions that that uh, you guys sent in for me. Uh, speaking of which, if you guys have any more questions and s stuff that you want us to uh, look at, um, feel free to email me at vanya.theoutlook at gmail.com. Timo will have that um, at the bottom there for you guys and in the description. Or DM me on Instagram, vanya.theoutlook. We're all stuck at home right now, so let's get in touch and just have a blast. You know, uh, speaking of staying home, how are you guys doing through this time? Uh, what are you occupying your time with and what are the things running through your head right now? How are you doing emotionally? It seems like everyone and their uncle is talking about this. This is all that the media outlets are talking about right now. So, uh, and so because of this, I'm not going to spend too much time on, uh, on, on this particular subject because everybody's talking about it. Personally, I'm a little tired of it. Um, but I do want to, I want to say one thing is, um, I was talking to my cousin the other day, uh, and she was like, is it weird that I, you know, that should, should I feel guilty about how happy and content I am through this time? You know, th this is a hypothetical question, of course, but it really is interesting to me that despite all of this panic, fear, and, and even depression that is being displayed in our society today, um, uh, my family, in contrast, we have been able to stay relatively calm through this time. I'm not saying that my family is somehow superior to yours. Um, and I'm not saying that we haven't had our share of uh, doubts or worries or uncertainties. You know, uh, my dad and my, myself and other members of my family have not been able to really go to work. And so there's a little bit of uncertainty with that. You know, plans are being canceled left and right. Uh, and being trapped in a house with seven children is, well, let's just say you start questioning your insanity. Um, but all these problems have simply been little bumps, not complete roadblocks. For our lives, I believe this is because our hope is in the right place. As Christians, our faith is set in God, not in politicians, or our economy, or our hospitals, respiratory masks, Netflix, um, or family and friends. It is set. Um, it is set in God and His promises. God is the only one who will never fail us. His love for us is pure and guaranteed, and His control over everything that happens is uncompromising. Uh, so yeah, you know, I there 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 might be those of you uh, who are listening who are not Christians who do not even believe in God, um, but that is sort of our test my testimony for our family, and I hope that is somewhat of an encouragement to you to you guys. All right, let's get to those questions. So the first question comes from Karina. She says, "So cool that you're starting a podcast. Curious if you could cover your perspective on identity politics." That's a great question, Karina. Uh, this is actually a very deep topic, and this is going to be an overarching topic for the show. 
Because identity politics is such a huge part of our culture. It is really rooted and um, it is very embedded. And it is, um, and this is the sort of toxic environment, uh, toxic ideology that are that the that the youth of America is growing up in. Yeah, I I said toxic. Um, I'm going to try to explain this as briefly as I can. So let's see here. Uh, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy explains it like this. Rather than organizing solely around belief systems, programmatic manifestos, or party affiliation, identity political formations typically aim to secure the political freedom of a specific constituency marginalized within its larger context. Members of that constituency assert or reclaim ways of understanding their distinctiveness that challenge dominant oppressive characterizations with the goal of greater self-determination. Uh, yeah, that's a lot to take in. We're gonna, we're, I'm going to try to explain why this is a bad thing in English. Okay, so let me explain what the dangers are with this. The weight of how th this is basically this is what this what comes out of this. The weight of how much your opinion matters is based on uh, is or is relative to your identity. Your ideology could be bogus or even treasonous. You could say I'm gonna, you know, I could I'm gonna raise taxes by four hundred percent, but you know it, your ideology could be bogus or even treasonous, but that doesn't matter because you happen to identify with some sort of victim group. And I, I realize that I am a white Christian male. And according to the leftist ideology, my opinion matters the least on this ridiculous scale. And one of the most frustrating parts about this is that this is being pushed by celebrities, politicians, and media. Everyone that has any say, all the people that have um, a platform uh, are pushing for this. And so this is a very... Um, overblown and it is a loud thing uh, um, and so uh, actually you know what uh, one of the an example that comes to mind was this actually was pub this is an article by CNN CNN published a while ago um, okay so it's titled this coronavirus task force another example of Trump's administration's lack of diversity why L let me read that again Coronavirus Task Force, another example of Trump administration's lack of diversity. Let me take a sip of here. Are you serious? Okay, all right. So, this was published back in um, January. So, it, okay, let's, let, let's just read a little bit further here. It's a statement that, that's as predictable as it is infuriating. President Donald Trump's administration lacks diversity. On Tuesday, Trump tweeted photos of a briefing he'd received on the new coronavirus spreading out of China. We will continue to monitor the ongoing developments, the president said in his post. We have the best experts anywhere in the world, and they are on top of it 24-7. Who are these experts? They are largely the same sorts of white men and a couple women on the sidelines who have dominated the Trump administration from the beginning. By contrast, here we go. Guys, this is all political, all right? This is... It, it, it's atrocious here. By contrast... Um, sorry. Okay. By contrast, former President Barack Obama's circle of advisors in the face of 2014 Ebola outbreak in the West Af in West Africa was hardly so monochromatic. Neither was it so abysmal in terms. I turned British there. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it. So abysmal in terms of gender diversity, or of course to contextualize, Obama's administration on the whole was far more diverse than Trump's. Okay. Who cares, okay? Who cares if they're white, yellow, red, black? 
what matters is that they get the job done. Okay? I'm not... If a surgeon is going to do some work on me, I am not going to say, wait a minute, you can't because you're white. I, you know, I, we, we you know, that that's stupid. They're getting the job done. And this is something that, this is just one of the most obvious examples that first came to mind. And, um, it, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Okay. You, the amount, the ability of how well this, okay. How well you can do a job is based on your gender or color that th this is ridiculous this is ridiculous and i think that this agenda uh the, the the thing that the thing that gave this agenda a kickstart was the push for tolerance and acceptance and this word that i hate just being woke look i don't mind acceptance and tolerance okay i am I'm, this is what i'm pushing for i i hope that we can t talk rationally you know without completely losing it but like you know, the word that I keep hearing thrown around a lot is woke. I hate that word. Um, you know, and we, we do need to broaden our horizons, but here, and I'm not talking about, you know, what culture says, what, what woke culture says, you know, all that stuff about we need to be tolerant and accepting of others no matter what. I'm really against this philosophy now because the same people that are promoting this ideology are the same people who completely freak out if you disagree with him on something either you accept who i am or you are a hater a homophobic xenophobic sexist or some other ridiculous nonsense nonsense i want us to get our mind out of the gutter and try to decipher why certain things anger us we need to learn to disagree and still have rational conversations now maybe you're saying kid just just shut up okay you don't know anything about this you uh you haven't been through this so you can't understand um, and, and to you say to you, I say I don't need to be a woman to understand that rape is disgusting and wrong. Just because I'm not an African American doesn't mean that I cannot have an opinion on gun violence or police brutality. The weight of your opinion should not be based on your political identity; rather, it should be based on the validity of your ideology. Uh, okay, so that's like a like I said, it's a deep ta uh, it's a deep subject and. Um, it, it deserves more um, more elaboration, which I hope we can do in the future episodes. All right, the next question is from Christina. Oh, we got two Inas. All right, so does the federal government have the authority to regulate immigration? If yes, where does that authority come from? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, immigration has been a really huge topic in the past. Um, in the past years and so you know where does that authority come from it it comes from you know the constitution we have to look back and we have to find out what is the purpose of the u.s federal government the u.s federal government the purpose of it is to protect um is, is to protect its citizens um i was just having an argument with my friend recently and he's like you know you know protect your citizens that's extremely broad um, and I agree. And basically, in in the in regarding to immigration, you know, you, you need to say is immigration like like free borders? Is that a threat to your nation? And yes, it is a threat, absolutely. And so that makes it the government's business. Why is it a threat? Because two reasons. One is 
economy. Okay, I'm really huge on um, protecting our economy because that is one of the things that has made America so amazing. Um, because when we have random people, if we have open borders, no one's regulating it, no one's in control, we don't know who's coming in, and we just have this, you know, this this um, wave of immigrants coming in, we need, we we will not be able to handle the influx for our economy. This this new influx of labor. And so we got to make sure that we are able to accommodate this sort of influx. Uh, and the second thing is, and I think it's actually more important than the first point, is that we don't know who, what criminals are coming over and what they're bringing with them, what drugs and what have you. Okay, we don't, we don't want another 9-11. Okay, we don't want that. And that's why you have the TSA patting you down. That's why things are really, really tense and strong. Um, yes, obviously, the government can abuse their powers. Obviously, but and it is the people's job to keep them accountable. Um, but yes, the government needs to be the ones regulating it. And I think that when the government is the government, yes, there are a bunch of people who are not doing a very good job. But the government, it, we've sh it's been shown in this past crisis that how quickly the government was able to close close everything down um, and things like that. If the government is in control, um, because what is the alternative to the government? controlling the federal government controlling the borders citizens on the border you really want to do that to the citizens you just want to have open borders and so you can have people running to the citizens back backyards and everything um but okay well if you do want the citizens to be the ones who are um who are monitoring the borders then you have to give them guns so yeah anyway but uh yes to answer your question yes the federal government does have the authority and that comes from the constitution and just the basics of what the US government is all about. So this is also a very deep topic and we're gonna cover definitely more of that in future episodes. Okay, so this is the first episode and I've been trying to decide what kind of um, sessions to have, like what, what kind of special fun things we could do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this kind of classic thing of like recommending some sort of entertainment or something like a book or movie or TV show or something. And so my brother and sister and cousin, my cousin introduced this to us, um, introduced this new show called Wait For It. Wait For It. A Person of Interest. It is an amazing show. Um, we've had a, quite a blast watching it. It's, it, it, it. it's a roller coaster. And I would definitely, especially uh, as we are in this quarantine, um, it stars, let me pull this up here. It stars Jim Caviezel, which is, I'm a big fan. He's an amazing actor. Uh, love a lot of his movies. You might know him from Count of Monte Cristo or Passion. Um, here. And then it, uh, I think it's Taraji P. Henderson plays Agent Carter, I believe. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. But it is an amazing show. Um, without wanting to give too much away, basically, this billionaire creates a machine that can predict um, acts of terror. And so they get these social security numbers. He's, well, he sells the machine to the government. And then a uh, friend of it, uh, <laughs> I can't give away too much. I can't give away too much. Okay. Um, there's a back door that he built that can, that he, he gets these social security numbers. And these social security numbers, they, they need to find out if that number is a victim or perpetrator. And it's really interesting. It is, it's also, um, it's, it's creepily you know, realistic. It almost seems like that could happen. You know, like the government has this machine and everything. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's if you um, if you want something that is really entertaining, very interesting, 
uh, some great actors too. Great, some great acting. Be sure to check that out. Okay, so that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching this episode. Um, like I said earlier, if you guys have any questions, email me or DM me or just, you know, there, there's, um, you can go to the website and there's a bunch of ways to contact me. Be sure to send those questions in. I, I love to talk to you guys. And uh, yeah, so see you next time.